welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, and welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me, Liberty, and again this week, I'm joined by Kat. Hello, Kat. Hello, Liberty. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, actually, um, this week. It's been, um, it's another funny week, isn't it? Because there's another new set of rules where everybody's running for the shops. (laughs) What are they doing? Primark hot favorite. Why would you miss that shop? I'm sorry. I can't understand <laughs> why you'd have been in lockdown for 12 weeks and then the first thing you do is getting to go in a queue to Primark. <laughs> what's wrong with that? Why? What's wrong with people? I don't know. What are they? What do they want? Pants? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rubbish? I mean, come on. Where's the lessons? I'm quite disappointed actually because I'm like, learn the lessons. You know, let's. Think about where all these products come from. We've just saved the world for three months doing this. You know, I like know. A, uh, revving it up again, you know. Yes. Six or five years old, back in the factory to build you another T-shirt. You know, let's not, why? I just, I'm so disappointed that it's gone like that, actually. Yeah, um, I'm going anyway. to. I am, I am sad about that. I thought there was, I don't know, were, were we fooling ourselves that we really thought there would be that, that much change would come about? Or is this just a rush that will die down again? Someone said that, um, we we don't live that far from the top of Guildford where we have loads of fast food stuff. And someone said that yesterday after the, everyone was back shopping, there was just trash all over the streets where people had been eating fast food. And just because there were such large amounts of people around, there was just crap all over the floor. Just food wrappers, just absolute, it was a dump. And I thought, what? What are you doing? Um, my friend make any went, sense to me, but... No. Um. My I don't really like shopping so much some... anyway. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm in this... permanent lockdown, so this is just like, why are you rushing? I don't oh, Exactly. My friend said she saw a woman out there, like she was making a, a sort of a movie, like, what's her name? Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. She was just like laden down with a bag, had a hundred bags on each arm with every brand you could think of in town, just looking like she was buzzing. She'd just been out, just spend, spend, spend. I just, I don't know. Where's she really going to go? Where, what's she going to do? Get dressed up and sit in her, <laughs> in her paddling pool? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I just, I can't really be bothered with it though, to be honest. And it's yeah. mental. It's like the first day of sales. I, I guess for some people, it's weird, isn't it? Like a lot of people have been really scared to leave their houses and then all of a sudden the shop's open and then it's like somebody's got you all at the race line, you know, I don't know, and everybody just run for it. I mean, yeah. I, ra- I was driving yesterday because I had to go to the hospital yesterday because I, I was going for a scan checkup thing. But on my way there, I passed through a town, which when I'd gone another time, probably three months ago, it was completely empty. And I got through, to- <laughs> I made it to the hospital in about two minutes. Whereas yesterday, everything was back to normal. And the town just looked regular. And I drove past like a big M&S and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it didn't look any different. To normal but you know at the same time there's been a lot of mixed messages from the government we're 
people are bored you know I'm bored everybody's bored yeah, but you know yeah. so, you know that's what some people have done but I, I prefer to go to barbecue <laughs> yeah then go to primary I, thanks I prefer um, just to sit in my pajamas and um watch the office US but <laughs> <laughs> each to their own <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll be rushing back to the shops anyway. I can't really be bothered. And actually, what I've discovered in lockdown, I don't need anything. No, I definitely don't need any more stuff. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's actually been a huge wake up for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The only thing I probably would go to if it opened, but I'd probably have to like hazmat up because it's probably a real germ fest, is... Um, like all the uh, charity shops, which I really, really, really miss. I am obsessed with charity shops. But oh, yeah, you got my daughter into that. So she's oh. back in with you with her 99p shorts that she got when she was with you. And the other And the cute elephant trinket that looked like it had a willy. It looked like it had a huge penis. I mean, she brought it <laughs> home and stuck it in the middle of the table. And I was like, what is that? Who got you that? She got it. It's an elephant. It's an elephant with what is that? <laughs> yeah, hopefully I won't be sending her back into that shop. <laughs> it's about that. See, I told you they have good stuff. <laughs> so, so Father's Day is coming up. Yep. Are you ready for that? It's not for me to get ready. <laughs> the kids have started their little quest actually because I think the really nice thing is um, in lockdown they've got you know, we've connected well as a family, you know, Richard has to work from home. Um, they've done a lot more with him, you know, before lockdown, he was working away three or four days a week. Um, so for us, yeah, they will be doing their thing for Father's Day. Um, I'll be sending my dad a card. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I think, you know, we, we've, we've done Mother's Day in lockdown very early on. And I think it needs a recognition, actually, because, you know, there's a lot of really good dads out there. We've got one on our show today. A really good dad. <laughs> He's a friend of yours, but I've only just met him today. And his name is Alex Smith. Hi, Alex. Hey, Liberty. Hey, Kat. How are you doing? We're good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad as well. I was a bit worried that you're going to segue from big penises into, <laughs> <laughs> into me. <laughs> no, that's just the elephant's penis. We'll come on. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> down with that i would have done uh, <laughs> note to self get alex back for a filthy podcast <laughs> <laughs> alex you're a super special strong dad a lot of people will have already heard of you and um you've got the most incredible strength both mentally and physically um some people will have seen an amazing film that you've made but do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself Sure, yeah. Um, so, really, I'm just a, I think of myself as an average, normal kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I've got two kids, Harrison and William. And the reason I do what I do at the moment is because back in 2011, when Harrison was four, he's now coming up 14, he was diagnosed with something called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a, a fatal muscle wasting disease. So over time, every single muscle in his body, including his lungs and his heart, are slowly deteriorating and turning to scar tissue, uh, which means at the moment he can't walk. So now he's uh, full time in a powered wheelchair and his condition slowly progresses. Um, sadly, he's only he's, he's coming up 14. He's he's over middle aged. So um, 
his life expectancy is kind of mid twenties, unless we can change that. Um, so I've kind of spent my last nine years trying to change that. So started a research charity and we called it Harrison's Fund after him. I wanted it to be really personal for him. And we've been raising money and funding research ever since. And it's, it's changed a lot in that time. It's been really wonderful watching one, everyone get behind it. A lot of people get behind it. And two, watching my children grow up with it. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a funny journey. Uh, Harrison's is still a cheeky chappy, still really interested in life, really interested in particularly in food. Food is his thing. Um, but watching William come behind him and grow and become a really, really wonderful young man with a massive heart and huge uh, capacity for, for love has been, um, been quite incredible. Oh, um, <laughs> um, oh, we've lost Liberty. She'll be back in a minute. I um, have known you actually for quite a while and have dipped in and out of your journey. And actually for me just then listening to that was um, I feel quite emotional because I met you quite early. When did I? Really early on. Um, really early on, wasn't uh, it? Our first event we did together was, uh, I think, maybe a year and a half, two years into starting the charity. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was really. And Harrison weird. was quite little when I met yeah. you. And, it, you know, I think when, when I met you, the struggle that you faced with it being quite new then was so challenging. Um, and, and then just hearing you speak now about the journey, is, you've still got all the same challenges, but yeah, you can grow and it's a different. The strange thing is, obviously, I'm, I'm 10 years older and hopefully 10 years wiser. Um, but, you know, when it first happens and you get a diagnosis like that, you're thinking in terms of anger and grief and why me and this can't be happening. Is it going to happen to my other son? You know, all of those questions go through. Am I going to lose my son before, before, my, before I die? Um, how am I going to cope with that? You know, it's all of those emotions that, manifest very quickly and and very strongly and don't get me wrong they're still there you know I still worry I'm going to lose Harrison one day but I kind of come I suppose come to terms with that but that might be a possibility mm. I remember early on probably when I, when I first met you Kat, I was like that will not happen yeah I, but I, I suppose I'm acutely aware now that it might so it doesn't stop me running any faster to try and make these changes We've done loads of exciting stuff in the last year and even in the last three months with being locked in and shielding and all of that stuff. It's given, certainly given me a chance to, to ponder on what we're doing and why we're doing it and look at other ways of doing things. Um, so we've, we've done, we've got the charity still running, an amazing team with me that helped me do that. But we've also founded a, a pharmaceutical firm now as well. So wow. a biotech firm. So That's amazing focus on Duchenne to try and really move it forwards, but with a patient first focus. So, you know, a, a lot of pharmaceutical firms out there will say it's all about the patient, but it's not really, it's all about the shareholder. Yeah, of course. And what we're, we're trying to say is our shareholders come second because the way to save patients' lives is to focus on them first. How many people suffer with um, Duchenne? Um, well, it's, it's one in every three and a half thousand male live births every year. Um, so. And that's throughout the world. So it doesn't wow. matter where you come from, your ethnicity, one in three and a half thousand, roughly, 
is uh, a boy would you share. Of those, 70% come down from, from mother to son, so it's, it's a genetic disease, so it's passed on the X chromosome down from mother to son. 70% of those are like that. The other 30% is just a one egg. Uh, the mother is not a carrier, and uh, there's no history in their, in their family of the gen, and then the, the son gets it. So we were quite lucky. My, uh, my wife, Donna, um, we've separated now, but Donna is a character in her family, so we had no idea at all. Harrison obviously got a, a duff egg, and William was uh, very lucky not to. Uh, it's, more of a, it's basically a 50-50. So you've got, you women have got the two X chromosomes, and we've got an X and a Y. So the man decides the sex, and the woman passes down the two Xs. So William was already two when Harrison was diagnosed, and you know you have that worry that Christ is is William the same. Yeah. Thankfully, he was presenting very differently. That he'd leap to his feet and and disappear, uh, whereas Harrison would still kind of drag himself to something to to lever himself up. But yeah, it's uh, I think in the UK there's about two and a half thousand. Globally, there's two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand cases. Charities everywhere trying to make a difference, and an awful lot of science happening, like an incredible amount of science happening. But it's very very difficult to make a really profound change to a, a condition that firstly is genetic and we're you know we're at the forefront of science in, in trying to yeah. change genes and and secondly the uh, the dystrophin gene is the biggest gene in the body so it's, it's made up of loads of different pieces so there's lots of different variants of a mutation that you can have um so kids have different mutations in different areas of their gene that makes them present slightly differently in a lot of cases but we haven't found a way yet to reintroduce a whole new dystrophin gene into the body. We can do microdystrophins, just you take out all the bits that we don't think are so important, add them to a virus and introduce them to a body, and you hope that it takes over the production of, of dystrophin. There's one treatment in the US uh, that some kids hear on as well now that, that does exactly that. Um, it's, not a, it's not a cure by any means, um, but when introduced to a, a younger patient, it, it allows them to have more time on their feet. Um, so they'll be, they'll be ambulant for longer, um, which in turn helps make sure that they're, they're still around when science catches up to, to help us even further. So we're, yeah, we're just running as fast as we can to try and find new science. And it's I kind amazing. of myself to, to find, to be doing the one, trying to find the, those amazing scientists that have a, a bit of a, a weird idea that, perhaps not a lot of people are going to um, support and uh, I support them. So as you make advances with this, is it something that could be used in other, is it Duchenne specific or could it be applied to other muscular dystrophies? Muscular dystrophies, yeah. So muscular dystrophies. Yeah, there's, there's lots of different muscular dystrophies. Duchenne yeah. is one of the, the worst one, certainly in terms of life expectancy. Right. Um, so yes, but the answer would be yes. Um, Duchenne is kind of the, the gateway to a lot of the other muscular dystrophies, being mm. able to help with those. And not to bore you with science <laughs> as such, but uh, there's a thing called a, an antisense oligonucleotide, <laughs> which is, is <laughs> which is the medicine, one of the medicines and, and the, the ways that science is now introducing a virus with an antisense oligonucleotide into the body. The better we are at that, the better we're going to be at... Um, fixing all, all of those muscular dystrophies. But even so, I mean, the, 
biotech plant that we're we're involved with um they've, they've got some science that some technology is going to really as long as it continues to be successful and continue not to fail can change a lot of human diseases um, that's incredible so that would be target. harrison's legacy would be that this incredible thing has come out are there other people working the same way as you with the same aim and passion on the same disease or is this do you work together How yeah does that there's, there's charities all around the world there's there's a number here in the uk some have amalgamated into one and we do work with them they do a lot more besides research i decided we were just going to do research very good at doing research too and they're very good at doing uh kind of the palliative care side and the and the lobbying and um, law change uh, etc and we, we work with and collaborate with uh, charities in the us in australia i spent quite a lot of time out there just building relationships but then also campaigning at the food and drug administration to get a job uh, to get a particular job done and get a particular drug through they have a thing over in, in america when they're trying to get a drug approved they call it a uh, advisory committee meeting it's an adcom and prior to the one we went to in when was it, 2016 i think to get a drug approved the biggest one they'd ever had was uh for hiv aids Oh, wow. um, and the the Duchenne community out attended them by two to one almost. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. I was I was very lucky to get to to be one of the people who's chosen to speak at at the uh, at the event on behalf of uh, kind of the UK and Europe. So it was very it was very cool. Um, and the drug got approved off off the back of uh, everybody's hard work. But it was a a global community push to get that one through um, to get the first drug approved to try and you know once one drug's approved then you can you've got something to work with and then you know you can apply what you've learned from one to get two three four five and six through, um which is what we still need to do so exciting that time. is that's that is amazing <laughs> that you've done that isn't it thanks yeah 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 it feels like another another life at the moment but yeah i, I draw on it all the time so going back to let's just give people an idea going back when i first met you you weren't doing this full-time you were still working weren't you yeah that's what right. were you doing uh, I worked for a company called Mama Foods. That was my my. Well, were <gasps> the porridge. The porridge, yes. <laughs> Love that porridge. Yes. So, I, porridge yeah, exactly. I, I have to tell Tom. Tom's the Tom's the guy who founded it. He absolutely loves it when someone says, "Oh, the porridge." Oh my um, god, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. So I eat it all the time as well. I actually used it to fuel me before I started Iron Man. That was my. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> They do a little pot of salted caramel and almond pot. That's the one, yeah. Oh, that is just so good. If you like oat milk, they do mama oat milk now as well. That stuff is amazing. Oh, I love oat milk. That's my favourite. Try some okay, mama online. I want it. Okay, I want it. <laughs> I'm going to love that. <laughs> um, so, uh, where was I before that? You were working, you working for mama, there, weren't you? Yeah, so I was working for mama. Um, and then... Uh, I was still doing, I was doing Harrison's Fund as well at the same time, mm. um, but I'd do Mama during the day and Harrison's Fund at night um, until late, late at night, early in the morning. And then I gave up the, the Mama job and uh, kind of set myself up as a kind of a branding consultant. Um, got a really great opportunity to work with uh, Mighty, the big facilities management company, on their branding for, a, for what was Mighty Catering which was their catering arm. You know, so it was a billion pound business uh, mm. at the time. And I helped or led rebranding their business um, to Gather and Gather, which is their, their new brand. And it just happened to coincide that as that six month project finished, 
uh, we were getting busy enough at, at Harrison's Fund for me to stop doing that. Um, and my trustees basically asked me, look, what do you want to do? You can't do the job you're doing justice and do Harrison's Fund justice if you're doing them both. So now's the time to decide and we'll support you if you decide this way. So they did. And I, I went full time in like May 2013, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing it full time ever since. To be honest, best job I've ever had. Really? I mean, yeah, by far. By far. It's really difficult not to be passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, one, yeah. you're trying to save your son's life. You're trying to save a generation of children's lives. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 weird because I, being fathers then stuff, I I think about uh, my my grandfather a lot. Funnily enough, I my, my, I think about my dad a lot. But I also think about my grandfather because he was one of my my biggest influences. He's a guy called Leslie Smith, and he founded Matchbox Toys back in. Wow. Yeah. So there's a there's a strange synergy from and maybe it's just me that thinks it, but I hope that I can touch a generation to change children's lives with giving them a lifetime. Yeah, and you definitely are. I mean, I honestly, because I know you, I've never seen anybody work so hard and even from the point when i first met you to and it's funny because we just kept meeting at certain points didn't we yeah um and i've just i i mean i'm blown away by you anyway um and i just kind of see the journey that you want but what i also want people to understand is can you give us like a, a day in the life of you and harrison so people really understand what this is yeah sure um so uh first thing that happens in the morning is I get a phone call from Harrison that he's awake <laughs> so he has his phone by the side of his bed because he can't get out of bed right so he needs help so I get a phone call to wake me up <laughs> most of the time <laughs> say dad I'm awake can you come and get me so then it's a case of getting him dressed so uh, moving him around to dress him lifting him out of his bed onto his his power chair you know and he's what 60 60 odd kilograms now emptying what might have been used in the middle of the night <laughs> um he has a pea pot that he uses if he wakes up and then yeah getting stuff ready for him to brush his teeth going through the awful, awful daily ritual of trying to decide what it is he wants for breakfast which is generally not uh it's not a piece of toast and marmite <laughs> <laughs> is he really into his food what will he have Oh, he'd be, he's after avocado and toast, but he, he wants to make sure that the avocado, he's done and he's seasoned it correctly and he might put some paprika on it. You know, it's, it's, it's the full works. Oh, I love it. Good for <laughs> him. Salmon, yeah. He might need to make his own tomato sauce. <laughs> he really goes for it. That's fantastic. I love this. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's just, you know, making him comfortable. So he's got about... Uh, 20 pills that he takes every morning um, for various different parts of his his, uh, his condition and then you're just caring for everything so you know you want a glass of water you've got to go and get him the glass of water or the, or the bottle of water um, he wants a snack you go and get him the snack he wants to go outside you're opening doors it's it's a constant carer's job essentially yeah. know, he wants to go to the toilet then uh, and, and it's the number two rather than number one. Number one, he can actually do himself. He just sits in his chair and kind of, you know, does what a boy does. <laughs> but um, number two is, he, you know, you have to assist with that one yeah. with, the, with toileting. And just trying to keep him entertained, particularly in lockdown at the moment. 
just you know, yeah. trying to keep him entertained and shielded is is particularly particularly difficult. Um, and then you know we'll go through the normal like lunch and dinner is just again it's which which gourmet <laughs> menu does he want today? That's where he thinks I open my fridge and Waitrose is behind it. <laughs> um, but uh, it's that, and then it kind of repeat again at, at um, uh, bedtime, um, which is. Uh, you know, physiotherapy so you're doing stretches making sure he's trying to keep contractures in his in his legs and his ankles and his hands and his arms all not too tight um more pills and then about 30 minutes trying to make sure he's comfortable which is him rolling mm-hmm. around kind of shifting weight to get into a position that he feels like he's going to be comfortable for for a number of hours yeah and i suppose at the moment it's it's okay because he can roll himself so he'll just shift his weight and he can roll over, but there will come a time when he, he can't roll over and and someone has to go up in the middle of the night and roll him or buy one of those inordinately expensive beds that will roll for you. Right. Um, and if you had so, to buy one of those, what would that cost you? Uh, do you know what? I haven't looked at those, to be honest, yet. I, it's funny how, even though I'm really aware that it's coming, you I'm, don't I'm want not prepared to, yeah. to, to look at it yet. I've already got him a, a bed that does the legs and the, and the, the back. You know, yeah. Um, raises your head, raises your knees, raises your legs, but I haven't got the one that can roll you sideways. Uh, but that bed was about four and a half thousand pounds. Um, I haven't, I haven't oh. even thought about looking at the other one yet. Yeah. So you know, compared to everybody else's day, is uh, you know, I can't even comprehend that because. Um, can I just ask, how do you? So, so you've got your, you've got two sons. How does it work with both then? for you as a dad um for me well it's just like any other dad really um i suppose well, i think well, i don't really know actually now that i think about it um <laughs> it feels normal to me yeah um i have probably in the last five years tried to spend more time with william than i have with harrison um because harrison gets a lot of time and william yeah. doesn't get as much or didn't get as much one-on-one time um and i think being the younger the younger son, the younger brother, kind of watching what's happening to his brother and not have it happen to himself. Mm. Um, he's, he's certainly at times struggled with some feelings of guilt and why is it not happening to me as well? Why is it just happening to my brother? Um, and I, as a young man, he's, he's thinking about, uh, you know, is then why, why does it have to be my brother that's like this? Why can't it be someone else's brother? Which, totally normal kind of mm. reactions and emotions for for a kid dealing with what he is um i i just try and spend a lot of time one-on-one with him mm. as much as i can um i try to treat them as equally as i possibly can i don't know if it's the same with any of your kids but mine are all about fairness so yeah. to be fair if daddy has 30 minutes putting Harrison to bed, just because it takes 30 minutes, then you should be in my bedroom for 30 minutes as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's already 10 o'clock. And <laughs> I would like a glass of wine. <laughs> exactly. You can bring it to my bedroom, daddy. <laughs> What's Harrison's personality like? How does he get on with all um, of this? He, he's, got a, he's got a lovely personality. He's got a really good sense of humour. It's mm-hmm. a bit dark. It's a bit dark sometimes, <laughs> uh, but he's got a lovely sense of humour. He's he's incredibly stubborn. 
and then that's the kind that can be an incredibly good thing for him in his in his situation. Like I will mm-hmm. not be beaten. Um, yeah, but it's you know a really really stubborn child is not the easiest thing to parent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and, blessing and a curse. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I'm not exactly not stubborn. <laughs> so you know where he gets it from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think mum is more stubborn than me. So <laughs> But he's yeah he's he's very passionate about the things he's passionate about, Um, be that film or cooking, or the obligatory Xbox or you know the things Mm. that he loves. He he really loves, and he wants everybody else to understand how much he loves them, and why they should love it as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on the avocado and eggs there. Not so much not the so Xbox. Much, not so much the Xbox, yeah. <laughs> not so much the Xbox, no. But, you know, and he, he would, in the, that very reason, that, that, in that, with that point, he would, he would say, well, how much, how many other things are there that I can do that right. uh, you can also do, but you can do loads of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is something I really enjoy. So why should I not get to do this while you go out and play football? Yeah. Because yeah. I can't play football. <laughs> so mm. he, He's got a good argument. Yeah, he really <laughs> he's got a has. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's been. You know, I heard you talking at the beginning about lockdown. It's been. I've had to lean into this because I'm, I'm more of a with people person than I am by myself. And the boys have had to really lean into it because obviously Harrison's on the on the shielding list, and because of that our two households are shielding. Yeah. So William is obviously shielding as well. Um, What I found with him, particularly with lockdown, is that he's got a a newfound kind of understanding of the world and appreciation of stuff, be that daddy isn't that bad. (laughs) And I actually really (laughs) like being with my dad. Um, You're a good playmate. uh, Yeah, well, it's, He's an emotional, emotional kid. We've, we've had our ups and downs over the last four or five years where he's either not understood things I've done or mistakes I've, he thinks I've made. But we found a place now that I'm loving more than I've ever loved at any, any time in my life. Um, oh, that's amazing. Because he's, uh, he's just gorgeous. <laughs> he just really How is. old is William? Uh, he's coming up 12. Oh. Coming up 12. Stay- so he's year, year one at school. Oh, bless him. So it, it would be really easy for him to be, uh, I guess, reactive and feel angry. And, and especially with this shielding thing, you know, where kids just think, okay, well, everyone else is starting to go out again now and do their thing and see people again. He yeah. can't do that. And he sounds like he's pretty cool. And Yeah, he is. Well, he has, he's still young. He's still learning. And he, he's, he's got an awful long way to go. But he's starting to be able to see a balance between what he wants and what is best for him and Harrison. Mm. Um, and you know, they haven't, they haven't wanted to go out particularly and certainly not to anywhere that there were, where there were people um, right. for all of lockdown. I've taken them out walking the dog a few times, but taken William out walking the dog. I haven't taken Harrison out walking the dog, um, but I have taken him down the road at nine o'clock at night, just, to get out of the house and see that there is a world outside the four, yeah. the four walls of the house again, yeah. um, which has been good. 
but he, every time he do it, he's like, my, my, he says his adrenaline is going, his heart's racing. Really? Like, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's just scared, I think. Oh, bless him. Um, which is, yeah, not, not, not the best, not the best, but uh, I'm hoping as, as, as it changes and as, as hopefully the infection rate goes down that we'll be able to do a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. But it's very frustrating watching everybody else go out and start to have what looks like a lot of fun and <laughs> still yeah. inside. Aside from Primark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure Primark sounds like an awful lot of fun, to be honest. <laughs> so you're two separate households at the moment. You've got that going on, haven't you? Yes. Um, and so are you both, are both houses close together? Are they moving between both? Yeah, that's right. So um, Donna lives in, in Cobham behind the high street. Yeah. Um, and I'm in Nisha. So we're 10 minutes apart on a, on a bad day, really. Um, so the boys spend uh, Tuesday, Wednesday with me and every other weekend. And it's, it, it's, it's been hard getting to, to where it's good now uh, for the, two, the kids. Don and I have always been fine. Um, and in any situation, it was, there, was no, there was nothing acrimonious about what our, our separation. But in any situation like that, where you, if you can honestly put your children first in a, in a separation, then it becomes okay because they're more important. Right. Um, so we managed to remain friends, um, still massively a team for, for the kids, um, which is, I think, incredibly important. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, it, yeah, it took its toll. Harrison was a bit more, eh, all right, <laughs> okay. William was- They sense this was coming, do you think? Um, I don't think so, not really. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like we were, screaming at each other I mean it just wasn't like just wasn't one of those it wasn't one of those breakups yeah um so but William took it much harder it's taken a long time to get William to where he is today which but is uh, why it's so good that you guys are so <clears> close <throat> yeah. yeah it's made a big difference welcome to one size does not fit all with well life tribe we're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. I've been sort of fading in and out of the conversation as my reception's been terrible, but I, I've been watching your movie this morning, so I don't know if you've mentioned this already. No. A lot of people will have already seen. I know Kat, you've seen it, and it came out, well, Father's Day is the date which it was released five years ago, four years ago? Uh, four years ago, 2016. And it's called My Iron Man Dad, right? That's correct, yes. I have only managed to watch half of it just because every time I try and do anything around here, somebody wants something, mummy, 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 mummy. So um, I am halfway through, but it's absolutely amazing. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Because my Iron Man dad says some of it, but I know um, people who've done an Iron Man and they blow me away just through doing it themselves as a man standing there alone. Tell us how you did it. Uh, okay, so... I'll, I'll take you to 2013. I, I'd gone full time and I wanted to do something big with Harrison. And I went into, into Farrance in, in, uh, in Cobham High Street and <laughs> I was just looking at the, the magazines. And I'd 
I picked up a triathlon magazine. I think I, I can't remember what it had on the cover, but it, something attracted me to it. I picked up, picked up the magazine. I was just flicking through it. No intention of doing triathlons. And there was an advert from the University of Hertfordshire that, uh, saying, um, looking for averagely fit people to train in six months to do an Ironman triathlon, uh, fully supported. And it was a research study to see what happens to the body when you go from being averagely fit into to being able to complete an Ironman. So I applied and I wasn't averagely fit. I was kind of couch potato fit and uh, drinking wine and about 17 stone and just enjoying life comfortable. Um, and so I applied and I got in and I started training. And in October 2013, I did my first one in, um, in Barcelona by myself. Um, oh my about halfway through that, I was... Uh, I decided I want to do this with Harrison. I'd seen this amazing video with a guy called um, Dick Hoyt, who did it with his son, probably 20 years ago now. And he's yeah. done he's done way way more than just the one just just the one. He's done a, he's done a few of them, and he had a record of I can't remember, I'm trying to remember what the record was now, but it's 13 and a half hours or something, 14 hours. And I thought, again, okay, that's quite big. I'll try and go for a world record. <laughs> taking Harrison. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Why not? Yeah. So I told everybody that I was going to do that. Oh, and then right. that made it really, really real. But, you know, you actually have to. Yeah. But from that point on, I was training to, to enter an Ironman and, and finish it with Harrison. And it took me another 18 months of training and 18 months of preparation to get all the kit together to be able to do it. You know, for those that don't know what an Ironman is, an Ironman is a it's a 2.4 mile swim and there's a 112 mile bike ride and then a marathon. Uh, and do them back to back. And I set myself, I, I did three, did three and then by myself to make sure I was kind of mentally prepared and ready to take on the next challenge. Um, three. <laughs> and then we got some great support from a family business down in, in Dorset who built me a, a catamaran. So for the swim, I've got to get around a, a 2.4 mile open water lake uh, with lots of other swimmers and do it whilst towing Harrison. And I wanted to find the best way of towing him. And uh, I'd seen people do it with canoes. I'd seen people do it with um, dinghies. And I just thought if I'm going to have any chance at this, I want to do it with a, um, the least drag I possibly can. Yeah. And uh, a catamaran is basically the best way of going through water and because it's got two hulls it goes straight so when you're going in a straight line it's going in a straight line behind you it's not weaving and causing drag so we had one of those built and then we had a, a carbon fiber race chair made for him and we designed it so that the carbon fiber race chair could then be attached uh, one could be attached to the back of the bike and then two could be used as a push chair as a racing buggy so it's called challenge denmark so there's an iron distance triathlon in Denmark at Legoland in Denmark in Finland. Oh, um, yeah. In June 2015. So it's June 13th, 2015. And yeah, so started with a swim with Harrison behind me. Did my, like my second fastest ever swim. Um, incredible. <laughs> I can't believe it. Adrenaline was rushing. We actually... There's a couple of funny stories on that. Well, I say funny. I didn't think they were funny at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, I, had, I had three amazing guys that came with me um, who all did the distance as well. 
um, but just there for support, mostly for Harrison to make sure that he was entertained because uh, I was going to, I knew I was going to be in a dark place. And secondly, just to make sure he was safe because he's not attached to the boat, he's just sitting on it. But uh, I got told when I got out of the water that at points they had had to drag swimmers off who were holding on to the back of the boat. Oh my God. Yeah. Unreal. Um, so and you and you still swam that fast with actual other people hanging on the back of yeah, you. Yeah, I mean they, they weren't on for long. My minders were certainly moving them off quickly, but um. Oh my. Yeah, uh, but we beat them out of the water. So that was that was quite good fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we we got on the bike together, and um, the bike was probably was the hardest leg for me by a by a long way. Because I'm not a huge cyclist, and I'm not small. I'm not a small bloke. Um, I'm not a cycling frame at all. Swimming, right. maybe. Uh, running, not really. But I'm definitely not a cycling frame. So. And how big was Harrison? How big was Harrison? Just to put it into perspective, how old was he at that point? Harrison was uh, just coming up to being nine. So he was wow. forty-two kilograms, I think. Wow! Plus yeah. Plus the rest. Um, yeah, so he did the bike, uh, really went really, really well until about two miles from the end when um, the sheer effort of cycling with him, uh, I sheared the pedal off the crankshaft of the bike. Oh <laughs> so it snapped. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so we had a, it was at that point that we were, we were on for world record pace going into the marathon at that point, but uh, we, were, we had to stop and uh, one of the guys had to get off there, his bike. Uh, I got back on his, attached the bike, attached everything together again, and then he cycled back on one leg, and I, I carried on on his bike. Um, oh lordy! And I think we were, I think we were last in on the bike. In fact, no, I definitely know we were last in on the bike, and then had to try and pick myself up to start running, and my legs felt like lead, and oh. it was, I was definitely in a dark place. And Harrison was like, "Come on, then, let's go." <laughs> 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 you know, I want my avocado and taste. Um, and then the, the, the funny thing about the not the funny thing, the thing about the run, an Ironman run is generally laps. So you'll do four, ten and a half ish k laps. For me personally, it's great because I've got a, a start and end point always. Yeah. Um, and it, you see family a lot, you see supporters a lot, and same supporters a lot, which is brilliant. Um, but it started raining almost 15 minutes after we started running and then rained for three hours and torrential rain, like the heaviest rain I've ever run in. Oh um, so Harrison was getting wet, he was getting cold. June in Billund is not exactly warm, warm. It's, it's getting fresh in the sort of late evening where, where we were running. So we had to stop and get him uh, some dry clothes wrapped up, wet, wet socks taken off, dry shoes, waterproofed up again. And then carry on. But after lap two, every well after lap one actually. So by the time we got to lap two, uh, while it was still raining, he was just saying that Daddy is there's the finish line. Let's just do the finish line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't do the finish line yet. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I want to go down the finish line now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we carried on. Um, and then the rain stopped, and then it, it, it all it all got better then, and he was come on, we can do this. Um, and we got right to the end and they had this about three kilometers away from the end on every single lap. They had one of those gravel horse racing track. 
and you had to go all the way around this 1.4 mile horse track and in the wet gravel and a, a buggy don't go together oh, God. so uh, that was the hardest part was going through that gravel trap every um, oh. every hour but on the last lap the person who was second from last <laughs> i spied <laughs> and i thought right let's beat him <laughs> uh, so with about 2k to go we overtook him and got home before him which was an amazing finish you know the guys amazing the guys had stayed out for us loads of people had stayed out to to cheer us home um the people who won the race the men's and women's race had stayed out to give us our medals um and they finished like five hours earlier so they, they put in quite a shift and we saw the guy who uh, came in behind us on the uh, on the finish line and uh he said look i hope this that you don't you don't mind this but um i've been chicked before i've been beaten by women lots of times i've never been buggied <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's so just amazing, isn't it? Though, how do you, when you look back at that, can you believe that you did that? Um, yeah, yes, I, I can believe I did it because I worked bloody hard to get there. Um, yeah. I, I was doing 20, 25 hours a week of training. I, no, I put a shift in to make sure I could do it. I didn't want to let and, and I saw you at the very beginning before you yeah. started. You were like, I think we were catching a train home together or something. We bumped into yeah. each other in London. Yeah. Like, guess what I'm going to be doing? And I was like, what? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Dealing yeah, determination, let me tell uh, you, honestly. Yeah, the thought of trying to do it again, though, I, mm, I'm not sure about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But you I, went I, on to do a few other different things, didn't you? I went on to do another marathon, another, another Ironman after that, but it wasn't the same. You know, once you've done it with somebody, it's... It's, it's not that it's, it's not easier because Ironman's never easy, but it's um, the, the same motivation isn't there. Yeah. Right. I didn't really like riding bikes and to go out and do 100 mile training rides was just, <laughs> just not interested anymore. <laughs> yeah. Are you really tall? Are you very uh, tall? No, I'm, I'm, well, I'm 6'1. Mm -hmm. They're not, not usually tall. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm big framed. Mm. Mm. It's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> the other thing as well I wanted to touch on was that I can't remember when you did it, but you did that big ad campaign, didn't you? Which oh, a ended up being controversial, the one about cancer that you put on the Okay, board. yes. I'm touching on that just because I remember the time that that happened and that just blew up, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, that, you wanted, that was a big one. That, that one was, because um, that was a pretty tough one and you were really brave putting that out, but you got quite a backlash from that didn't you yeah and it's i still get it today it's it hasn't gone away I've, we've done a few different ones over the years that, that was the first one that was that was may 2013 or yeah may 2013 um and it came about because i was just getting frustrated that everybody, everybody i spoke to so being quite new to the disease myself at the time nobody had ever heard of it um nobody ever heard of it nobody knew what it was i'd say he's got Duchenne and they'd be like what's that he says a muscular dystrophy and say oh my grandpa has that it's like no he doesn't your grandpa has something else he might have mm. a muscular dystrophy or some discussion but he doesn't have this because he wouldn't be alive and I was involved with a creative agency through through my brother-in-law and 
they said, look, would you like to just come in and talk? And we'll see what we can do. And you just tell us about it. Just tell us what, what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And I remember going in and we just, we just talked for about an hour. And they said, look, you just go to the dark place, the darkest place you can think of, that how you feel, don't worry. Just say what comes to your mind. And I talked about lots of stuff. But one of the things I, I mentioned was, I wish my son had had cancer because that would have been easier. And they kept on coming back to that constantly. And they were, they were actually afraid to show me the, the ad when they did it. So they had like five ideas. And one of them was that. One of them was um, the other one that I quite liked. It was writing his, writing his own will. That was the other one. And I want to give this to my, to my brother and this to my dad, whatever. But we kept on coming back to just those six words that I wish my son had cancer. So we decided to do it. And there was a picture of me holding Harrison. Um, but funny enough, we went and did a photo shoot and there were lots of photos, but this was a photo taken in between the photos. So it was a really mm. natural photo of me just holding him up. And we wrote in the copy that we're trying to explain that it's not, it's not quite as literal as you think. But what we were saying was that you have a choice, that you have an option in a lot of cases. And with a cancer diagnosis, you can try something. Um, mm -hmm. That's not the case in all of them, but in a lot of them, you can try something. And I don't have that. There was nothing to try. There was no treatment. There was no magic pill. There was no, nothing. And I wanted that chance to try. But uh, a lot of people read the, the headline um, and the headline wasn't everything. The headline was the bit that makes you stop and look and read. And not everybody read, everybody just reacted and turned into yeah. keyboard warriors. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, I understood it. You know, I, funnily enough, I got, I got the, the first hit came from, from America. There was, there was the, it was US mums who saw it as it came out on the evening standard. It was their morning um, or their mid morning. And uh, I presume the kids were at school and they were home ready to do whatever they're doing. And <laughs> it tore a strip off me for about 24 hours. And I spent 24 hours replying to them all saying, look, I get it. I get that you've, you've had a, a really bum deal. I've had a bum deal too. Mm. But you guys tried to do something, right? Yes. I've got nothing to try. I'm just trying to prove a point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people got it, but the people who didn't really, really didn't um, and definitely uh, attacked and still do. I still get them. Um, really? Yeah, well, because, it, because it's so huge. I mean, that, that ad is it's taught at university in, in, in marketing now. It's it's been in about six different advertising books. It's it was it's, huge. I remember all, yeah, I remember seeing you on ITN or something talking about it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did ITN, and we did. Uh, we did about four of them. Did Sky News. Did, did a fair few on that day. But it's um, it's taught as kind of it's the gold standard of shock advertising for for charities. Um, I mean, it was copied by uh, Pancreatic Cancer. They they did exactly the same. I wish, but they said, I wish my, I wish I had breast cancer. Mm. It was like their line. So it's um. It was interesting, actually, because the lady who runs pancreatic cancer phoned me up and said, we actually thought of that before you posted it. Ah, uh, like, all right. Okay, well, I thought the iPod for Steve Jobs. <laughs> 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 oh, my God.
Mm. But yeah, no, so we did that one and then we followed it up with um, I Wish My Son Was a Dog because um, I don't know if you remember when the Manchester Dogs home burned down. Um, yes. And there were amazing scenes of people running in to save, save all the animals. Um, it was all over the news. Uh, and then in the space of two weeks, they'd raised something like 15 million quid. Jeez. Oh, okay. How does, you know, I've got a son dying here. <laughs> like, how can we, yeah. why can't we react quite as aggressively to all yeah. these kids that are dying than, than the dogs? I'm not going to be wrong, I'm a dog lover. I have my own. <laughs> I love Margot. Margot. Margot, yeah. Oh, you've both got Margots. We've got Margot, yeah. Um, yeah. So we did that one. And that one is actually worse. The animal rights people, uh, they're, um, they, yeah, I, I, I get one or two every single year ever since. Letters, emails, basically saying you're a despicable person, you're an awful father, you shouldn't have children. Oh, oh my God. Children away from you. All of that sort of stuff. There are I, just, I just imagine it's a single person sitting rubbing Yeah, it. some lunatic. Yeah. Oh. I could, one, um, talk my experience with you. Um, you've, since I've known you, you've been campaigning for, for, for Harrison all the way through, uh, ever since I've known you. Um, and I find you inspirational and everything. But not only that, because the, I remember when I got diagnosed with cancer, one of the first people to come around to see me was you. And um, you just came round, and I was like, no, 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 you don't have to be, you know, like you've got your own stuff, but you didn't, you just, you know, and this is quite emotional for me actually, because you came in and you're like, I remember you rocking in, you came in with your backpack <laughs> and I was like, I walked over. how are you? You know, and I was like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I think you need fun through and you're like, how are you? And I, I remember being so honest with you. And I, that was quite rare for me at that point because I was trying to keep it all together. And you just gave me these kind of set of like, right, this is the time to put your game face on. Game and I was like, on. what? And I was like, yeah, you can do this. I put my game face on every morning and now you will do the same. And I remember just sitting there, just sucking this up from you going, oh God. you know, I was just like, and I think you, for me at that point, um, and I don't think I've ever told you this, but you, you turned it around for me at that point, because I think oh. I was in a very dark place. Um, of getting that news, you came in. Oh God, sorry. You came <laughs> in, and you told me to put my game face on, and you said, "Draw a line in the sand." And oh God, sorry, acting like a big baby now. Um, oh, and for me, <laughs> and for me, you just when you left, I was like, everything changed that day for me, because I was just like, God, he, he's going through that still with his own child, and you've just come in here. And you told me this. And literally, from that day forward, I, I changed how I felt about what I was going through. And I was wow. so inspired by you. Um, and I was so thankful to you for what you did for me that day. Because of That's everything amazing. that you do. And I know like, we don't see each other all the time, but I'm always social media watching what you do and stuff. And you know, I kind of keep myself to myself these days or whatever. But that point changed my life, changed how I looked at what, what I was going through. Oh, thank you for and sharing. And that's how I know that you do the same for your son. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that with me, Kat. And I hadn't told you before, sorry. No. I haven't even had a drink. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we need one now. What's time is it? I've never forgotten that. And actually, I remember like somebody getting me a necklace with game face on because they were going, what are you doing today? And every day I was going, I'm, I'm coming down. Wait, I'm putting my game face on. I remember, oh. I remember seeing, that, seeing that necklace and thinking, good. 
She's yeah, got- yeah. It, and it's never left anything that I do. Um, and that's why I really admire you. Because I, it was just like, I know everything that you've, your whole family has been through. You know, like, you work mm. hard for it all the time. Um, and I, that is why when it came to this sort of Father's Day, I, I kept going to Rich, who... Who, would, who should I talk to? You know, like, who should we have as our guest? And he was like, and then it was Joe as well, Joe Mitchell. And yeah. they're like, well, Alex. I was like, well, of course, Alex. Because not only are you, you are such a good dad, Alex, but you are, what you did though was tell me that every day what you went through, and this is what works for you, this will work for you, Kat. So yeah. tomorrow, start doing it. And that was, that was a game changer for me, actually. So I will always be thankful to you for that. Wow. Um, That's amazing to hear. Honestly, I feel. Yeah, honestly, that was. Um, and I and I've always mean to tell you I see it, but when I see you in Starbucks, I was like, I, was like, oh, I can't tell him here. I'm just well, like quite the moment, does it? <laughs> in the middle of buying my, here's my sandwich. You know, like no, this is not the right time to tell you. So this is the right time to tell you actually. Um, oh. That I'll forever be grateful to you for that. I'm really touched you've chosen to actually tell me that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not in your life too much, and I. But we are. We always end up coming across each other again. Yeah, I mean, like you, I, I follow what you do. I, I I love it, and particularly in how you battled the the challenges you've had. Um, and I'm so so touched that you chose to tell me that, and and also I'm really grateful you're still here to to be able to tell me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, like you, you're going through your your life with Harrison continues and mm. the you know you know like and I think the thing about what what where you are with it is that I don't know I I hear your story I think and I hear but nobody knows the ending of this story you know no. but you've got you know I, I, going on other cases it's it never feels that good but for you no. I feel like you've done so much to make a change yeah and you know it's a it's funny it's a funny place to be cat because i know if i'm if i can make myself look back at it i can see that i've done quite a lot of cool stuff and i've, I've won really cool things because of the stuff that i've done and charities won stuff because of the stuff that we've done and you know there were kids out there that are getting a drug now because of things that we did and they're all great and they're fantastic but I won't feel like I've achieved anything until Harrison's on a drug that stops him getting worse. Then I'll, then I'll feel like I've achieved something. Oh. Otherwise, I don't. At all. You have achieved so much for a lot of people, though, Alex. Yeah, no, I know, I know. You've made know. so many changes that, uh, you know, no, these changes you made, you know, you have to recognise them as well, don't you? Yeah, and I, I can occasionally. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember who it is. Somebody always said there's somebody every year that kind of pokes me. It might not be the same person, but pokes me. It's like, will you just stand still for a minute and just realise what you've done this year, and then you can move forward for next year. Yeah. Um, it's normally Ed Deschampeaux, and, and uh, there's a lady called Sharon Clawton who's, who's done that for me a couple of times. Um, made me stop and think. And Probably Nick Tauzig, he's the guy who made the movie. Um, an interesting story with him, well, I'll make it brief though. An interesting story with him is that uh, when we put the cancel advert out, 
it was Nick who saw it on the train on the way home, being a film producer, uh, who saw it and thought, oh, I want to make, I want to meet this guy. I want to, that's amazing. I want to meet this guy and talk about something. We'll do something together. Yeah. And uh, we met, I met him at um, the hospital club in London. He was this like suave film producer. Yeah, the members club, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, we talked for ages about Duchenne. I told him everything about Duchenne, everything that I'd been through with Harrison. Um, and we tried to get a, something commissioned by BBC, but it didn't happen. And a year passed and I was in Chicago at a Shen conference and I got a, an email from, from Nick saying, Alex, can you call me? I need to speak to you. My two sons have just been diagnosed with Shen. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I know. <laughs> like the horrific irony of that, that I was telling no. him what he was, what he was actually watching in his own children. Yeah. And he hadn't quite put the two together until he was told by the same consultant that Harrison saw at Epsom. Oh um, my God. I broke, I broke down in tears straight away as soon as you said the words. And my wife looked at me and said, what, why are you crying? Because I, I know exactly what this is because I know, I know Alex Smith. Oh my God. Um, and it was after that, he then said like, we are making a movie. I don't care what it costs. I don't know. I don't care. That, We're making a movie. And that was what we, that, that became the Iron Man movie. That is incredible. Now he's one of my best friends and uh, trustee of Harrison's fund. So, you know, it's, oh my God. people often ask me like, did, did that, um, did that one advert make you lots of money? So, well, not directly, no, but it changed the face of advertising. It changed my charity beyond recognition because everybody knows, can relate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I met Nick, you know, and my, yeah. my, 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 I raised just under a hundred thousand pounds doing, doing that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it changed everything, that one, that one advert. Probably if you were the type of person to um, pat yourself on the back every time you had a, an achievement, of which there's been thousands, then you wouldn't be the kind of steam engine that you are. Um, so, mm. like we said with Harrison's stubbornness, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's a shame that you can't congratulate yourself as much as you should, but, but that's probably a good thing that, that, that keeps you driving on. Um, because. Yeah. You just blown. I mean, you've blown me away. The 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 movie, although he's he's older now. Um, the two of you and your family and everything is absolutely amazing. And if, if if any of our listeners haven't seen the movie, my Iron Man dad, you should definitely you should get on YouTube and watch that because you're just your boys are so lucky that they have you. And Cat, it couldn't you couldn't have been a more perfect Father's Day guest. Um, so I just just incredible i was saying to cat i'm so nervous this guy's amazing i don't know if i can speak to him she was like she was like don't worry he's very very nice he's very nice person i was like oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah so if anybody wanted to find out about harrison's fund where can they go to uh you can go to all the usual places so um our website is harrisonsfund.com um and then on all the social platforms so instagram twitter facebook linkedin we'd be at harrison's fund and youtube would be also you'd find the harrison's fund youtube channel and that's where you'll find the the movie as well as any of the other stuff that we've done around the advertising and around our um fund back campaign last year and yeah there's lots of lots of really good stuff to watch on there um but the the website's where you'd go to find out what's going on at the moment any events you want to get involved in 
mm. fundraising challenges um, or just to say hello and sign up to our newsletter to, to keep in touch a bit more. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Um, My pleasure. Thank you for being such a good guest and we wish you a happy Father's Day in lockdown. <laughs> they're the they're going to have to get inventive. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Very inventive. <laughs> Um, miracles really again thank you for sharing your story with us yes thank My you pleasure. so much um, i always love talking to you alex Likewise. and i'm so glad we've done this today and yeah um big love to all of your family as well and um we'd love to speak to you again soon yes i'd love that take care take care bye thanks alex pleasure